0: Welcome everyone. We are continuing our study of Simha. We are in class number 40. There's a Mishnah in Perke Avot. Just understanding the context of the Mishnah already gives value to the Mishnah even before we get into it says over there that Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakkai he went over to his five students and he asked them the following question he says go out and look what is considered a derech, a straight road that a person should cling to it. Basically what he's saying is that life, we have to compare it to a highway and on this highway a person has different options of which roads to take. Some roads, they take you to a life of Gan Eden. I don't mean Gan Eden in the next world. I'm talking about Gan Eden in this world. And some roads take you to Gainam. Again, I don't mean, Could we just close that door, please? Thank you. Some roads take a person to Gainam. Again, we're talking about Gainam in this world. And a person on the highway of life must be aware which road to take. Because if you take the wrong road, obviously, you're going to end up in the wrong place, even if you have good intentions. And even if your ideas are wonderful and your vision is great, you're on the wrong road, you're not going to make it. You know, if somebody would ask me this question, what's the derech of life? I would say, what do you mean what's the derech of life? We have Torah, we have mitzvot. Simple. Why is that even a question? What's he saying? Ezohi derech yeshara. What's the straight road? Open up the Torah, open up Shulchan and you'll find the road. How to wake up, how to go to sleep, how to get married, how to have children, how to work, how to do everything. What kind of question is that? Since when does a Jew wake up in the morning and have a question about what's the derech of life. Maybe a boy out there who doesn't really have direction needs to figure out what's the derech. Rabbi Yohanan ben zakai, this great sage, is asking his students, what's the derech? What is the road to get to successful living? What is he talking about? From the question already you see, that it's not that simple. Meaning, answering Torah and mitzvot is just not that simple. Torah and mitzvot may be the highway, but just like a highway, imagine somebody would be going in a car, traveling to Florida from New York. And somebody would ask, he would ask somebody, could you tell me how, where's Florida? And he would say, it's that way, it's south. So you gave him a general direction, but you really haven't helped him. Because in order to get to the highway that brings you there, there's a lot of little little side streets. You have to get off the right exit until you get to the highway. So surely Torah and mitzvot are wonderful and that's the way. But to actually get on that highway, it seems to be not so simple that even Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakkai has to ask his students, could we find the street that's gonna get us to the highway. Even David al-Melech, Shalom, Shalom, if you open up Tehillim, there's nobody more, you know, there's lost and found in this world. I'm talking about people. There are people who are lost, and people who have found themselves. There's nobody more found in our mindset than David al-Melech. Yet even he says at the end of Perek Kofiutet, Ta'iti He says, I feel lost, like a lost sheep. Bakesh avdecha. I'm searching for the deader. That means even David Amelech can, in a sort of level, can say he's lost. Being lost doesn't mean you're empty. Being lost just means you're not finding the right street to get on the highway that you want to be on. So therefore, what Rabbi Hanan is asking his students is, could you tell me on this highway of a great life, what a person needs to do in order to get safely, happily, properly to the place he needs to get? Five students give five answers, each one, gives an opinion of what they think is the road. Now really, our purpose here today is not to figure out who won, because it's not really that important. Bottom line, there are five streets that are very important. By the way, Rabbi Hanan ben Zakai not only asked them, what is the most important road to get on the right highway? But he also asked them, What is the most dangerous road that you're guaranteed to get off the highway? It seems to be good streets and bad streets. So if you want to guarantee that you will fail in this world, if you want to guarantee that you will end up in a life of gainam, which road do you have to take? It's also important to know that. So what's interesting is Each one of these rabbis gave the right street in their minds and the opposite, and it happened to be the exact opposite of the street they said was good. For example, Rabbi Eliezer says, Ayin Tova, which we're not going to go into right now, each one of these. Ayin Tova means you have to have a good eye, whatever that means. If you have a good eye in life, that deserves its own class, we're not doing this today. If you have a good eye, you're on the right street, you're going to get on the highway, you're going to do great. What's the wrong road, says Rabbi Eliezer, the same Rabbi? Ayn ra'ah, a a bad eye. Next one says, haver tov, a good friend. You you have a good friend to accompany you in in life? You're going to do great. Oh, and you want to guarantee disaster? Take on a bad friend. You'll make sure, he'll make sure that he'll get you the gaina. Good. Other opinions. Shachen tov, a good neighbor, a bad neighbor. Leftov. A leftov, a good heart, again, needs its own study exactly what that means. Or Levra. By the way, that happens to be the winner. That was the winner. The leftov. Again, not for today's class. Today's class is focused on Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon says haro'e et hanolad. Very different than the other ones. The one who is capable of seeing the future. If you are that kind of person, that you're able to see the future from now, to predict the future, you are going to do great in life. First of all, what does that mean? What does it mean to see the future? How do you see the future? Prophecy ended thousands of years ago. We don't have prophets today. Anyone who tells you he's a prophet, he's for sure lying. There is no prophecy today. We're not fortune tellers. How are we supposed to see the future? What does that mean? It means that whatever you do today, you're able to see what the results of your actions today, how they're going to play out in the future. How would I know that? But before I tell you how you know that, I want to tell you that it's actually a miracle, it's actually a miracle that Hashem made the world in a way that we don't really experience the pleasure or disaster of our decisions immediately. Let me explain that. In the physical world, usually, what decision you make, you will feel the effect immediately. For example, if a person is hungry and they eat, right away they feel satisfied and right away they taste the food and they enjoy it. If a person puts their finger in a fire, immediately they will realize the pain and they will not do that again. If a person drinks poison, they will die on the spot or get very sick very quickly. In the physical world, when it comes to physical, many of our decisions, you will realize either the pleasure, the satisfaction, or the pain or destruction immediately. But when it comes to real decisions, real important ones, like decisions of spirituality, of accomplishment, The creator of the world decided that we're not going to be able to realize the accomplishment of our decision on the spot. So for example, a person could speak Lashon Hara, which is destructive to the human soul and will feel zero effect. He will not see a difference from the minute he spoke or didn't speak a person could steal and he will not re- he may have some guilt there's something called guilt that your soul doesn't feel good perhaps about what you did but you don't realize the damage that you did the other way around too a person could do something good he can do a mitzvah he could learn he could pray he could do any type of Gidu Kibud avaim, and not necessarily see and feel the great accomplishment that they did. How many times have you done a mitzvah? And five minutes later, you don't feel any difference. Are you a different person because of that mitzvah? Not really, I don't feel it. It's not like eating when I was hungry. There I felt it and it stayed with me. This one, I don't feel a difference. I don't see what going to shul in the morning to pray is doing for me. I don't really feel a difference because I went to class. I don't really understand the difference if I ate something that's kosher or not kosher. I don't know the difference. I don't feel anything in my physical body that's saying, great, that was awesome. Didn't you enjoy that? Or that was terrible. I don't see a difference. If I'm a Halal Shabbat as a Jew, or I'm not. I don't see a difference. Again, there might be a guilt involved, but the actual act itself, and to see its nature of bad or good, we don't feel it. That's a miracle. That is a miracle. There's a reason why God did that. There's no question that every act that we do is either doing good for us, or it's holding us back, It's going the other way. But imagine that we would actually feel our good decisions when we make them. Imagine a young man who gets up early in the morning and is responsible and feels immediately how good that was. He would never wake up late again. Imagine every time you made a good choice, you were rewarded. And every time you made a bad choice, you got smacked in the face. Imagine any time you may halal Shabbat, God forbid, something bad would happen, you would right away get this terrible stomach ache. You'd never do it again. If the world would run that way, there would be no free choice. Every one of us would be the biggest Sadiq. We would never do anything wrong ever. It would be a perfect world but it wouldn't be so perfect. Because the perfection would be God, not us. We wouldn't be making the choices. God already made it for us. When someone doesn't put their finger in a fire, it's not because they chose right. It's because they had no choice. Because the pain is overwhelming, so they would never do it again. That's not called your free choice. That's called I forced your hand by making it painful to make any other decision. So if the world would have run where we would have realized the consequence of our decisions immediately, the world would not have any free choice. In order for there to be free choice, Hashem has to make our decisions in the spiritual world take time. You raise your children a certain way. You're not going to see a difference between you or the neighbor who's raising them very differently. In the moment, you look at a two year old and a two year old, a five year old, a five year old, they look pretty much the same. But you woke up in 15 years from then and they say, hey, what happened here? Responsible child, not a responsible child. How'd that happen? You spoil your children. When they're young, look at the neighbor's child who's not spoiled and your child that's spoiled you don't see much of a difference. They're both cute, they're both little, they both laugh, they both have a good time. You enjoy them both. But wake up in 20 years from then, a spoiled human being is a very difficult human being. Hard for him to get a job, because people are asking him to do something, he's not used to that. he be a hard person to get married to, because he always wants what he wants. It's gonna be a hard person to go to school because he's not ready to do what other people are telling him, he wants to do it his way. Because that's what he learned, that when you want something in life, they give it to you. You don't see the consequence of spoiling a child, that you're literally burning the child. You're literally taking a fire and you're burning him. Because you don't teach him that life is not a place where everybody's coming to do your will. Life is not a place where everyone's coming to serve you, where everyone's asking you, what would you like? Do you like it this way? Do you like it that way? Is this what's good for you? Is that what's good for you? That's the wrong picture of life. So you're raising this child with a completely wrong understanding of his own reality, but you won't realize the price. You won't realize the pain till he gets older or she gets older. That is the way life's decisions work. You will not realize the product until some time passes. That's why it says Rabbi Shimon, Haroe et is the most critical street you must get on in your life. You gotta find that street, look for it. It's called Ro'et et You gotta get on that road. That when you do something in your life today, You have to know what is going to be the consequence later. If you don't have that street and you make decisions based on the moment, the moment never looks so bad, you should know, no matter what you're doing. A person who starts drinking or smoking or taking marijuana or drugs, at the moment, if you looked at the moment, the moment is never so bad. Nothing happens in that moment. But we know what happens, just fast forward a little bit. The moment never looks that great, or the moment never looks that terrible. A person comes, I've seen, I'm sure you've seen as well, people, I can name people, I would not name them here in public, but I know people that literally, I would say, were like animals, and the way they behaved, anger, no respect, very little responsibility, very little admitting their faults, people who are arrogant. And it was clear, it was evident in their marriage, in their social life. And then all of a sudden, you know, you sit with the guy and you say, listen, you need to make changes in your life. This is, this is not going to continue. Look at you, you you have an issue here, you have an issue there, you have an issue there. You gotta make changes. Why don't you come to Minyan in the morning? Come to Minyan in the morning. What is that gonna do? How is that gonna change my marriage? What are you talking about? So listen, just do me a favor, just come to Minyan. Then all of a sudden, he starts to learn. And every day, he starts to learn a little more. Now not one day, you will be able to come out and say, oh, there's a different guy, never. You will never see the difference day by day. But fast forward one year or two years, you have a different human being. When did that happen? It happened every day. You just didn't realize it. But if you're if you're a person who's able to see the consequence of your actions today, you will make so much better decisions in your current life that will give you pleasure now and in the future. In fact, in fact, it says in Masechet Tamid that when Alexander the Great, he met the rabbis in Eretz Israel, he asked them, who is a hacham? Who is a wise person? They told him hacham? Haroe et hanolad is someone who's able to see the future. Shlomo Amelch perhaps says it best. He says that Hacham, the wise person, Einav his eyes Berosho are in his head. So the less we looked, everybody's eyes are in their head. What does he mean by that? Einav Berosho. It means that his eyes are at the beginning able to see where things are going. Berosho means, In the beginning of something, he's already seeing what's going to be. So many decisions we make in life for the moment, only to pay the price later. A young boy, a young girl, 15, 16, 17, They're making decisions. Those decisions are gonna affect their marriage. They're gonna affect who they're married to. They're gonna affect their children. They're gonna affect how their children will be. All of that's being decided when you're 14 and 15 and 16 and 17. It sounds a little like extreme, but it's real. The way you are when you're younger that's gonna build your future. You make the wrong choices, you get a bad name, you get on the wrong course, you marry the wrong person, you end up, with, you end up finding yourself in a completely different world than when you wanted to be. There's a man that we all know, we all know, familiar with. His name is Edom. Who is Edom? Do you know that the kingdom of Edom is the Galut? We are called now in Galut Edom. Edom are all the children of Esav. Why are they called Edom? Edom means red. So we know the famous story when Yaakov Avinu was cooking a bowl of lentil soup for his father who was sitting in Avelut for Avraham Avinu. And the Pasuk says, that Yaakov, when he was cooking this lentil soup, Asaf came from a hard day, very, very tired and very hungry. And he tells his brother Yaakov, which means pour in my mouth, this red stuff, could you please just give me some to eat? Says the Pasuk, Al-Ken, that's why they call them Edom. Seems to be a little ridiculous that a person has a slip of the tongue and asks for a red item and the rest of his life and the rest of his future, they call them Edom because of that. That doesn't make any sense. There's something more important, deeper about this. The answer is that Edom, Aisav, is really his essence is this. Here's a man who came in and saw his brother making a bowl of lentil soup. He knew what that was. That was food for Avelim. But all he could see is the red stuff. Red is attractive. Red is now. Red is I'm hungry. I need food now. I don't see anything beyond the moment. And therefore he says, give me from that red stuff. I need it, and I need it now. Yaakov tells him, I will give it to you, but sell to me like today, I want your spiritual rights. I want the zechut of the bechor, of the firstborn. Would you give it to me? And he sold it to him. Why does Yaakov say, sell me like today? What does it mean like today? The Sephorno says, Someone who lives for the day, someone who lives the moment, has no possibility of succeeding with Bechorah. You cannot fulfill your mission in life if you're thinking of the moment. So therefore, you might as well give it to me. That's why it's called Edom. You know there's a line that the Chavot al says that you have to know this line, you have to memorize this line. I might have said it before. The Chavot al says, here is the story of the human being. How many times has it happened in your life that you were asked to do something but you were too lazy? How many times were you given the opportunity to do something, and you just were not in the mood? How many times were you lazy, not in the mood, or had desires pulling you a different place? And if I would ask you, so why didn't you do that? How come you didn't go help this person when they asked you, I was relaxing, I was laying on my couch, I wasn't in the mood. It was too early, I was lazy. I had something else that I really wanted to do, so it took me away from doing that for my mother or father. That's what we would say. Says the Chavot L'Avot wrong. The reason why people don't do something that's good, he says, the human soul will not give of itself unless it knows what it's getting in return that is gonna be greater, which means I'm not willing to give you a dollar, it's a loss for me, a dollar is a loss, unless I know that I'm gonna get something greater in return. The reason why you didn't get up that day is not because you were lazy, it's not because you wanted to sleep more, it's because you didn't realize how much greater it will be if you got up. You didn't realize that doing A is gonna get you so much more than doing B. So your laziness was the excuse. But the reality is you didn't realize how much more your life would benefit if you would do that. Which means he's saying, in other words, you are not roe et hanolad. If you would realize how much you're doing for yourself right now, if you would get up and help your mom, if you would get up and help that person, if you would get up and go to a class, if you would realize now what's the reality, of course you would do it. But you're not seeing it. If you're not seeing it, so then you're getting lazy and you're finding other roads. So again, ro'e hanolad. I was speaking some years back. Actually, I didn't go to speak. I was in LA for something. And the last minute they invited me to speak at the school there, there were about four or 500 children, high schools, and they said if I could speak to them. So the truth is, I said, I'm not really prepared, but I'm gonna take the opportunity, I'm probably never gonna speak to these kids again, it's one time, so I better think of something good to tell them. So struggling to find the right subject, I decided this is the most important message I can give them. Teenagers. I, I quote them a, mitzvah, a Mishnah per Keavot. The Mishnah says, Mitzvah goreret mitzvah. Great lives, says the Mishnah, does not happen when the greatness is evident. Great lives happen from one good decision. Mitzvah, goreret mitzvah. The way Hashem made the world is that when you do something good, it's not the end. The good that you did, the good choice that you made, will have a connection to another good choice. Goreret means it drags another good choice. And another good choice. Va goreret avera. A bad decision will lead to another bad decision, which leads to another bad decision. You might find two people that look so different. One person is the biggest success, and one person is the biggest failure. And you look at them today on paper and you say, wow, how different humans could be. How could it be humans are so different? Look at the beauty of that person. Look at the disaster of that person. And you would be shocked that if you track back a few years, 10, 15 years, you might have seen these two young men or young ladies in the same class. They might have been good friends. They might have looked exactly the same. But guess what? It was one decision. One decision in seventh grade or in 11th grade. One decision to be in the right atmosphere, to choose the right friend, to go to a class, maybe to start praying in shul, maybe to do something, and that decision, I'll give you an example. We mentioned before, a guy comes to shul in the morning, it's a big thing, it's one decision. All of a sudden he comes to shul, he's there, he sees people learning. Oh wow, they're learning. So why can't I learn? Let me sit down and see what's going on here. Oh wow, it's interesting. I'm starting to understand things better. All of a sudden, he's in class one, two, three, four days. A guy comes up to him and says, you know something? There's this project, we're trying to help people in this area. You think you want to get involved? Me, get involved, what do I have? I'm telling you, it's a good thing, get involved in that. All of a sudden, you're involved in this. All of a sudden, you're giving charity. All of a sudden, you look back a year or two later, and you say to yourself, wow, how would I end up here? The answer is one decision. You make one good decision in your life, you have to know that that decision has a very far reach. And the other way around. You make one bad choice as a teenager. You make one bad choice at any age, and you have no idea what's behind that choice. All you did was decide that you're going to do the wrong thing. That's what you did, one time. That wrong thing led to another wrong thing. You think any 12 or 13 year old boy or girl decided to become a drug addict? You think any human being in the world sits down and dreams of being an alcoholic? Or dreams of being a gambler? Or dreams of being this wild maniac who's constantly angry and has no control of his temperament. You think anybody actually wants that? Of course not. So how does it happen? How do things like that happen? If nobody, you know, it's hard enough in life to plan what happens. But these things happen without you planning. How? The answer is, it happens when you made that wrong choice. One wrong choice, and you are on your way to more wrong choices, and then one day you wake up and you say, what happened to me? When did I become this person? I was not like this. I didn't dream of this. How could it be? It's such a nightmare. Says the Mishnah Perkei Avot, it all depends on today's decision. Today's decision is so critical, even though it seems like just one decision in time. It's connected to so much more. By the way, you should know that this process is both organic and it's also spiritually brought by God. You have no idea what I just said. I know. So I'm going to explain it to you. What does it mean, mitzvah, gorered mitzvah? The word gorered means it dreads. The example I gave you before, the examples were organic. They were natural. You hang out with a good friend, you can end up going to a good place. You go to a good place, you'll do good things. You'll do good things, you'll find more people doing good things. And on and on and on, and all of a sudden, that's called natural. It's organic. You pick the wrong situation, you get connected the wrong way, boom, boom, boom. And then organically, naturally, you end up in the wrong place. That's an example of mitzvah, goreret mitzvah, averah goreret avera Natural, organic. I'll give you an example in the Torah for that, by the way. The Torah says that um, a person who goes out to war, we don't have time to go into the details of the parasha, but bottom line is this Jewish soldier found a woman, a goya, that he fell in love with in the war, and he wants to marry her. Now Torah is not happy about that at all, but knowing that this man is in complete darkness, Torah says, fine, you could take her, but then wait, let her wait around, let her cry, let her do, trying to disengage him from her. Says the Torah, the next parasha talks about a person who has two wives, and one he likes, one he doesn't like, the Shalom Bayit issues. Then the Torah talks about Ben Soreru More, the wayward child who's completely off the walls, doesn't listen to his parents, doing his own thing, is off the path. Says the Midrash, don't think that the order of this parasha is random. Says the Midrash, Mi Avera Goreret Avera. You marry the wrong woman. I'm trying to tell you not to marry her. She's not for you. You marry the wrong woman, you bring problems into your home. You have problems in your home, you're going to see it in your children. The Ben Sorero More, you know when that happened? You know that child that you're complaining about? You know when he was born? About 15 years, perhaps, before you even had him. All the issues that you didn't take care of when you were younger, when you made those bad decisions, just led you more and more and more. That's the way it works. That's called organic connections to your decisions. But the Mishnah says, the Mishnah says, U'schar mitzvah mitzvah. mitzvah mitzvah is a little different. Not dragging, the reward of a mitzvah is a mitzvah. You know what that means? It means that your biggest fan in this world, besides your mother, mother is your number one fan, physically, but but more than your mother, is the creator of the world. He's your fan, he's my fan. When Hashem gives us an opportunity to do a mitzvah, and we do it, what does Hashem do? He's your fan. What does He do? He gives you more opportunities. Like it says in the parasha, it says over here, that when a person does the mitzvah of shiluah haken, sending out the mother bird, then he builds a house. After he builds a house, Hashem gives him a field. Bottom line is, Hashem is rooting for you. You do one good thing, Sahar mitzvah mitzvah He do one good thing Hashem says I'm going to give you more opportunities Listen to this one U averah Averah And you make a bad choice Hashem will reward you With another opportunity of bad Does that make sense? Hold on, one more time You made a bad decision In your life Hashem will open the door for you for more bad decisions. Why would he do that? Why would someone who loves me, why would he help me do bad things? I understand you want to help me do good things, but why if you see me do something bad? Imagine your child does something bad. Are you going to help him go down again to another level? Why would you do that? Why? Why would Hashem help us become worse? That doesn't make sense if He loves us so much. So the answer is very simple. I'll tell you a very simple answer. You'll appreciate it. I don't know that we can apply it in our lives, but even in our lives, we can sometimes apply it. You know, when somebody is doing something bad, they're in a bad place. Imagine you saw someone who's in a bad situation. You feel so bad for them. It could be your husband, it could be your child, it could be your parent, it could be your friend. You feel so bad for them. Because you know that it could be much better than this. But they're not in a good place. And you watch them and it's killing you. Because you want to help them, but at the end of the day, they have free choice. What are you gonna do? It's not up to you. You can't do it. And they're very comfortable where they are. Very comfortable. They're not in a good place, but they're very comfortable. Let's say being the greatest person is a 10. And the lowest is a zero. Let's say they are at a three. And they're very comfortable at a three. And you know, being a three, what is that? You could be a nine. You could be a ten. What are you doing at a three? You're suffering at three. You don't even realize that you're suffering. So you want to help them. Get to a four, get to a five, but you can't. Because they have free choice. They're not listening to you. Imagine you could let them go down to a two. In hope. You know, sometimes in life, when you go down, you start feeling the pain. You know, sometimes uh, certain people, they tell you, you have to hit rock bottom. There's no way to help them until they hit rock bottom. It's a tragedy. It's a terrible tragedy. But until they hit rock bottom, they don't even realize how much they're suffering. And they don't even realize how much better life could be. They're so caught up in their misery that they don't know anything better is possible. So sometimes by going down, it shakes them up so badly that they start asking for help. So some people, even we in the physical world, are sometimes smart enough to know, this guy, you have to let him self-destruct. You can't, can't get involved. You gotta let him hit rock bottom so he asks for help. So then we can help him, because right now he's too comfortable where he is, even though he's miserable. That's exactly how Hashem deals with us. He has much better vision than us. He sees us at number seven. We're very comfortable at seven. So comfortable at seven. Well good, Hashem is crying for us. You could be a nine, what are you doing at seven? So much better for you. Why are you so happy at seven? Do more! But you're not up. Hashem is, okay, you know what? Let's go to 6.5, boom. Here's another opportunity all of a sudden you plummet down. Oh, ouch! Sometimes you'll feel it and you'll say, oh no, I gotta do something. You know how many times you see a young man or a young lady come over and will say, Rabbi, I gotta get better. If someone says that, usually they did something very bad the night before. That's what happens. When someone comes up to you and says, I gotta get better, something usually happened that made them feel very bad. And now they woke up. Hashem to help us says, you're doing bed and you're comfortable. You know what? Here's a little downward spiral. Let's see, maybe that'll shake you up. That's the way Hashem deals with us. At the end of the day, what we're learning today is that you must be careful of your decisions of the moment because they have a very far reach. And actually the road to Gan Eden is a road that's made of people who are Roe Ethanolad. By the way, the words used are Ro'e ethanolat. Ro'e means who sees the future. There are many people who know the future. They know. They know this is not a good decision. It's not a good start. But knowing and seeing is quite different. Seeing the nolad means you're able to imagine it now. You're able right now to see your child irresponsible, a child that's miserable. You're able to see it now, even though he's only four years old. He's only four. But from now, I see 16. I see it right in front of my face. You have to see it because when you see it, it makes a very big impression on you. You know what's interesting? Open up Bereshit. Torah tells us there's a place called Gan Eden. The Garden of Pleasure. That's where we all want to be in this world. Gan Eden is not only in the next world. Gan Eden is here in this world. In the Garden of Pleasure, Hashem put Adam Arishon. Listen to this interesting fact. When Hashem put Adam Arishon in Gan Eden, this garden of pleasure, it says Hashem planted trees. Trees that were beautiful and good to eat. So in Gan Eden, there were only trees. There were no lettuce, no kale, no greens, no celery. In Gan Eden, if you would walk around, you would see trees. Apple trees, orange trees, all types of trees. After Adam HaRishon sinned, and he got thrown out of Gana Eden, listen to what happened. Hashem tells Adam, He tells him, V'achalta et Asev HaSadeh From now on, your diet will have greens. You will now eat lettuce. You will now eat kale and all the other greens that I don't know how to name them all. Good. The Midrash says that when Adam and Rishon heard what God told him, that he went from eating fruits to eating greens, he told them. Amar le fanav ribunosha alam. Anivimti, master of the universe. Me and my animal should eat the same food. He was very disturbed that he was now given a diet of greens. What is going on in this story? Why in Gan Eden are there no greens? Why the only trees in Gan Eden? And why after he sinned, all of a sudden, he's eating greens? And what was his complaint? There's something unique about trees. And that is by trees, you take a seed and you plant it in the ground. But you have to wait a little time, a long time, before your fruits come out. First, there has to be a tree. And after the tree, it starts giving fruits. It's gonna take a long while before you're gonna start eating. Especially if you're a Jew, you plant a tree, you gotta wait four years. Greens, they grow so much faster. You plant it, it comes up very quickly. That's one difference. The other difference is by greens, you eat the whole thing. Whatever comes out of the ground, you eat it. By trees, You only eat the fruits, but the bark, the tree, always stays. Gan Eden only has trees. That's a very critical lesson for your life and my life. Because all of us want to live in Gan Eden. But in Gan Eden, you have to plant trees. The tree is an example. It means all of your life has to be lived like planting trees. If you're gonna plant greens, In this world, you're gonna end up having a lot of quick pleasures, like the greens that you eat, but then they're gone. But the tree is so beautiful, because when you plant something, it takes some time, it's not coming very quickly, but first the tree grows. And that tree is yours, it's you. You're never going to leave that tree. The tree is us. And the fruits that are growing from that tree are continuous. But you need time. It's not gonna happen overnight. But when it happens, it happens solid. Hashem says in Gan Eden, if you wanna live a life of Gan Eden, you gotta plant and don't expect to enjoy immediately. If you're looking for tomorrow, today, today's pledges now, I need my pledges now. If you're Edom, Edom, I want the red now, I need my pledges right this second. Then you're not gonna have you're like a behemoth. What's the difference between a behemoth and a Adam? A behemoth cannot understand future, cannot understand building. Maybe an end has a little idea, but other behemoths they don't understand. What's now is now, and Adam could see ahead, and Adam could plan, and Adam could learn. Hashem says you want to live in Gan Eden, you have to plant trees, not literally the trees. Your life has to be planting trees. Put the seeds in the ground and go at it. Continue, continue, continue. A person can go to a class, make a decision. You came to a class like this, or any other class. And then you go to a second class. And you go to a third class. There's no question, a year later, you're a different human being. There's no question about that. It has to be. But you're never gonna know that one class at a time. But take it all together and you're a changed person. That's a tree. Trees bring Gan Eden. You know, I want to tell you something, very important piece of information. So I'm not a prophet and I'm not a fortune teller. So how am I supposed to know how today's decisions are gonna play out in the future? How am I supposed to know? So, look at the words the Hachamim use. ed ha-nolad. They don't say Haro'e, the one who sees the atid. The atid means the future. They don't say that. The word nolad means that which is born, which means nolad could also be about the past. You have to learn from the past. Zechor yemot olam, says the pasuk. Remember history. She'al avicha ve'yagetcha. Ask your parents to learn from their experience. You see an older person, pull them over. Give me some of your life's experiences. You know, the human, no matter how different life is today, but the human has never changed. The challenges are the same. We struggle the same way, and therefore we could learn from each other. means, are you learning from people's success and people's failures? People's failures, yes. You know, when someone tells you a story about a person who failed in life, and unfortunately, we do have a lot of failures around us in many ways, the first thing you do when you hear a terrible story of failure is you feel bad for the person that's having a Jewish heart. But it shouldn't stop there. When you see someone fail, you need to learn from that person. You need to learn why they failed. You have to go back and say, how did this person become like this? Why are they not happy? Why are they doing this? Why did this happen? People might be uncomfortable doing that because it may feel like they're being judgmental and they're trying to say, I'm better than you. That's not what I'm saying. It's not about going around talking about it. It's about yourself. Take notes from people around you. When you see failure, learn from it. Don't disconnect yourself. Don't say, oh, that's not me. You know, a 16-year-old hears about a drug addict who jumped off the roof. In his mind, I'm not doing it doesn't have do with him. It doesn't have to do with me. I'm not him. I'm not that guy. And here we're telling him, by the way, you're closer to that guy than you think. And we all are. We all are closer than we think, because it's only one decision away. So, means you have to learn from people's mistakes. When you see a mistake, learn from it. When you see success, Learn from it. That is the way Hashem runs the world. He gives us so many situations around us to learn from. You know what's interesting? What's interesting? Remember that Abishim on that I told you about at the beginning of the class? When he was asked the road to life, he said, Haro'e ethanolat. When he was asked, so tell me, what's the wrong road to life? You know what he answered? Haloveh, one who borrows, eno me'shalem, and doesn't pay. Get that again. The one who borrows and doesn't pay. What in the world does that have to do with seeing the future? The answer is there are two types of people. There are people who love, everyone loves themselves. At least we hope so. Pasuk says, V'ahavta l'reacha kamocha. Kamocha means, it's obvious you have to love yourself. If you don't love yourself, you got real problems. But you got to love others too. Everyone loves themselves. The difference of the great person and the person who's off is the person who's off Loves the per- themselves only in the moment That's the difference it's The moment against the future Says Rabishim On. You know the guy Who's living the high life And can't afford it We've all seen people like that They just can't afford it For whatever reason Maybe they used to afford it Maybe they were never able to afford it But they have to live that way so what do they do? They borrow, and they're never gonna pay, because they don't have where to pay from. But what are you thinking when you're borrowing if you know you can't pay? The answer is, you're not thinking. You just keep borrowing. You're thinking about now. That is the exact opposite of ro'e Etanolad. It's a person who's living in this world and continues to take and take and take and take, but they're never paying back. They're never realizing there is pay up time. You're gonna have to pay for your actions. No deed is forgotten. Lové, if you're borrowing, there's gonna be a time to pay. If you're raising your children the right way, there's gonna be a time where you're gonna get paid. And if if it's not the right way, you're gonna get paid too. Everything you do is gonna have payment. You know, teenagers, the teenage years are so critical. have no idea. I don't know if it was always that way, I don't know. But I know in our time, the most critical years is the age of 13 to 18, most critical. Yaakov Avinu, before he got married, he spent seven years before he married Rahel. Marriage is the most critical part of our happiness. We all want to live a life of pleasure. That does not make you unique or me unique. We all want pleasure in life. And pleasure every moment. The biggest source of pleasure in a human life is their marriage. No question about that. It's the longest time and the most involved. Because it involves children, it involves grandchildren, it involves many, many situations that go on daily, every day. So the greatest moment of your life will come, your Gan Eden comes from marriage. And guess where the biggest Gehinam comes from? Marriage! There it is, the same place. It's the same place. Marriage could be Gan Eden, marriage could be Gehinam. As simple as that. Of course it could be somewhere in between a little Gan Eden, a little Gaina good, but really we all know that it's not simple so when exactly does a marriage become Gan Eden or Gaina? So everyone would say, what do you mean? When you get married when you get married, at that point you're going to decide and make decisions if you're Gan Eden or Gehinam or somewhere in between? And the answer is, that is so off. That's wrong. It's not true. Gan Eden and Gehinam marriages are decided usually before the marriage. It's decided on the people. What were they doing before? When a teenager is selfish, when a teenager doesn't care for his brothers and sisters, when a teenager is irresponsible, when a teenager is angry, when a teenager is doing things like that, you think going into marriage is somehow going to make him this gadolador? Impossible! Going into marriage is like lifting 500 pound weights. Living single life is like living, carrying 100 pound weights. If you're not carrying 100 pound weights the right way, you think marriage is gonna solve it? If you're not a happy person, if you're not an accomplished person when you're single, you think marriage somehow will cure all of that? Impossible. You're going into a gym that has much heavier weights. That means it's harder. That's why marriage in Hebrew is called nisu'in. Nisu'in means to carry you're carrying much heavier weights. When exactly do you train for that? You train for that before you get married. Those years, those five, six, seven years before you're married are the years to work on your character. It's years to focus on yourself. It's years to focus on your happiness. And then when hopefully you graduated, and you are that quality person, now you're able to go to the next stage. Preparation, when you look at your teenager, that's the preparation for their marriage. When they're running wild and crazy, that's not helping them for their future. Forget avirot, forget sins. I'm not even talking about sins now. I'm talking about just seeing the nolad. They're not going the right place. That's why, by the way, next time you go to a chuppah, you will see the Sheva Berachot. Each one of them has another message for the Hatan and Kalah. We start with Bure Pri Geffen, as we do always for celebrations. Yotzer Ha'adam, Hashem created Adam, then He created Adam and Hava. We have all Berachot. The sixth and seventh Beracha are almost identical. They seem to be totally unnecessary to have both. The sixth berakha ends, Baruch ata Hashem, Mesamea hatan vechala. Hashem, thank you for bringing simcha to the hatan and Kala. The last Berakha, pay attention to it, it's a longer one, it ends off, Baruch ata Hashem, Mesamea, Hashem, you bring simcha. He hatan to the hatan, ima kalah, what the kalah? But we just said that. We just said hatan vekala. Here we say hatan What's the difference? The difference is a very big difference. It's a very big message that before the hatan and kala could be together happy, they first have to be happy themselves as individuals. They have to be hatan and kala separately. They had to have lived years of their life where they brought themselves to a life of happiness. A life where they're waking up early in the morning because they're excited to live. A life of fullness. A life of responsibility. A life of giving. A life of doing. Oh, now you're ready to get married. Now you could be happy with somebody else. The majority of unhappiness in relationships stems from the person himself not being happy with themselves. When you're not happy with yourself, you end up making other people unhappy. You end up blaming other people for their part in your unhappiness. It's a reality. So that's the, a teenager says, so what am I supposed to be doing now? in my life. You're supposed to be building your future. Your next hundred years, and your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren are decided now. What are you doing to help yourself? If you're not developing yourself, you're not ready for marriage. And if you're not ready for marriage, you're entering a highway called Gaina. And God forbid, you're going to end up having a lot of suffering, and not just you. And the children that come from that marriage, what's going to come from that? And their grandchildren, what's going on? And where did it start? It started with you as a teenager. It started with you not paying attention that there's a seed right now that you have to plant, and you got to wait for that tree to grow. That's you, you're the tree. And then soon enough when the tree grows, it starts giving its fruits. You and I sometimes act like a, excuse me, like a Bama. And we want to eat it right now. We want to take the greens and eat it. I'm 16. I want it all now. I'm not planting. I'm not working. I'm not learning. I'm not developing. I want it now. I'm going to go party. I'm going to go drink. I'm going to go hang out. I'm going to do, I'm going to live it up now. Believe me. I see a 16 year old who's planting, I see a 16-year-old who's eating, I say the one who's eating is really living, it you know. Wow, you good? This guy is a Hazi case. What's he doing? Nothing, all he's doing is planting. What are you doing with planting? I don't see anything. And this guy, is just eating away. Who looks more attractive to you? Would you blame any teenager who when they saw that picture, they're gonna go after the guy eating? Who wants to plant when you could eat? But well, that's the way it works. Ro'eetanolad means you're seeing the tree when you have the seed in your hand. Do you see the tree? Are you able to see the tree giving fruits when you only have a seed? Or you're only capable of seeing the food in front of you. That is the definition. Ro'eetanolad or Love. You just keep borrowing, keep taking, keep taking, keep taking. And you're gonna one day's gonna catch up with you because you're not gonna have what to pay. I'm gonna end off by telling you something very important. You know, today we spoke about small decisions that lead to another small decision that lead to another small decision, and then you look a year or two or three or four later, and you see this huge beautiful tree, just like a seed. That's one type of decision. It could be for the positive or the negative, as we discussed. But there's another type of decision that we must be aware of. It's very important to notice once we're talking about decisions. The Pasuk says in Kohelet, listen to this Pasuk. Shlomo HaMelech says, A person never knows his ayat, ayat is ein tav ayto. What does ayat mean? His time. A person never knows his time. What does Shilomo HaMelech mean when he says a person doesn't know his time? So simply it means that a person never knows when his last day is gonna be. Can anyone guarantee they'll be up tomorrow? No. Lo Hashem didn't make a world where we have an expiration date on our skin. We don't know. We have no idea. Any day could be the expiration. That's the simple meaning of the pasuk. You must listen to what the Hida says on this pasuk. Listen to the brilliant words of the hidah. The hidah says that when a person comes into this world, they are a certain amount of ait ait times, special opportunity times that Hashem will give a person during his lifetime, that decision is going to be a huge decision in their life, which means there are many, many that we do, many decisions every day, small ones, and we said they connect and connect and connect, but sometimes there are these moments, they're called a moment, And you have to know that when that moment comes, it's a time to swing. You know, it's like in baseball where they have a guy at home plate in the World Series and it's the last pitch. The bases are loaded. This is his moment. And they throw him a beautiful pitch down the middle. This is a time that you better start swinging. You're never getting this chance again. There are moments like that in life. When they come, you just know. It's not a regular moment. It's a moment. That's called an ait. Says the Hida, explaining the pasuk, a person never knows how many moments they're going to get in life. This might be your last moment. You know how sometimes you were inspired? Maybe you went to a class and you got inspired. Something just hit you, it clicked. It was a moment. Sometimes you heard bad news, you got inspired. Sometimes it was good news. And sometimes it was just, why are you doing nothing? Just something hit you. It's a moment. It could come from happiness, Lo'alenu from tragedy, it can come from a class, it can come from anything. It's a moment in your life. That moment, you must be aware to take advantage of that moment. I'm going to give you an example of that moment. Something you'll all appreciate. (laughs) Esther Malka is asked by Mordechai to go to the king on behalf of the Jewish people so that he could spare them of the suffering that's about to happen. She tells Mordechai, I'm sorry, the king hasn't been calling me lately. I don't know if he's happy with me. I can't just walk in. If I walk in and he's not happy, I could die. I can't go. Listen to these words. These words have to be Written very, very clearly in our mind. Listen, listen to these words that Mordecai tells us there. He tells her First of all, he says, If you don't react right now, you have a moment. If you don't react right now, So the first lesson to you, Esther, is that when you are needed in life, tomorrow someone might call you for an opportunity to get involved in something. It's a moment. Someone might ask you to do something that you normally don't do. It's a moment. And now you're struggling with this moment. Should I do it? Should I not do it? Says Mordechai to Esther, you should know that the Jewish people don't need you. It's a very important lesson for all of us. Sometimes in life we feel like we're very needed. People need to hear me. I'm a rabbi. I got to teach them. He needs me. I got money. He needs me because they need me to support. People need me. The first thing you have to know, Hashem doesn't need you. By the way, it's one of my first pitches if I ask someone for money. I want you to know that Hashem doesn't need you I don't need you but I'm giving you an opportunity it's a very big difference Mordechai tells Esther Hashem doesn't need you we don't need you the world's not hinging on you Hashem has other ways to send the Jewish people help He doesn't need you. Don't think this decision has to do with the Hazid cases that need you. They don't need you. But this is your opportunity. This is for you. And if you don't come through, it's the destruction of your future. Don't think you're doing this for us. When you have a moment in life to step up and to do something, whether it's personal, whether it's for the community, whether it's for your family, sometimes it could be a difficult moment. When you have a moment to step up, know this moment is your moment. And listen to these words, he tells her. He says, and who knows? leet kazot. He gaat lamalchut that leet this moment it could be all these years of you becoming the queen and all of that transpired it could be all of it was a setup just for this moment you know what that means? that means you can go through four years of life all preparing you for a moment there are moments in life that you either step up or you step down. Hashem, Moshe, Mordechai is telling us Hashem prepares us in life for moments. When that moment comes, you have to know it's time to swing. That's what happened with Ruth and Orpah. Ruth and Orpah both were so excited to join the Jewish people, they didn't have to. They were wealthy, they had fame, they had power, but they wanted to because they saw the truth and they wanted to join Naomi. Naomi says, come on, guys, go back. What do I have for you? What are you coming with me? I have nothing for you. They said, no, no, we're coming with you. We want to be with you. And she said, no, go home. And Ruth took the moment and stuck with it and became one of the greatest humans in the history of mankind. The mother of David Melech. Of Mashiach, Ruth is one of the greatest women that ever lived. Our Pa who was right there with her, right there, the same moment, the same history, the same family, the same everything. The moment that she was given and she stepped down and she went back to her country. Hazal tell us that night she already was involved in the most despicable acts. She became the mother of Golya Tarasha, and all that. One moment in life, a big moment, can make a huge difference of what goes on in our future. Haro'e etanolat. We've been learning about simha. We're learning about how a person could live with simha. To live with simha, you have to be a planter not an eater. If you're a person who's trying to eat every day as you're hungry, if that's how you're living your life, you're just eating as things come your way, then you don't stand the chance of living a life of Simha. Because Gan Eden is made up of trees that need planting. We're the trees. We need to plant the seeds When we're younger, we have to learn. We have to practice. We have to do things according to our age. When we get older, we continue planting, and already we start getting the perot. That tree is giving fruits already. That tree just gets fatter and more beautiful. But the fruits keep going. You have to make those decisions in life. Every decision you make for yourself and for your family, don't think of the moment. Don't think of now. Think of what's gonna happen in five years from now, in seven years from now, in twenty years from now. That is Gan Eden. That is the only way you're gonna have Simcha. Eating greens, you could try it for lunch, but don't try it for life, because it's not gonna get you to where you want to be. Haroe <laughs> et is where we need to be. Don't be love eno meshalem. Just grab whatever you find, and worry about tomorrow later. How are you going to pay? Tomorrow. What's going to be tomorrow? I'll worry about marriage later. I'll worry about my kids later. I'll worry about them when they're older. Hello? That's ve eno meshalem. You keep taking, and you don't have any way to pay. It's not going to work. Take your seeds, and stop planting your lives and the lives of your children, and you will be in Gan Eden, full of simha, in this world. Baruch anayli Amen v'amen.